a CES wrap-up. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by Take Control Books, one of the very best sources of clear, concise information on not only Apple's various operating systems, but also key Apple and third-party utilities, and more. Visit TakeControlBooks.com and start your library today. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. A quick note about the Mac Voices Live session you're going to see. We recorded this the week after CES was over, but it's only just as I'm getting started releasing the CES interviews. Rather than hold it and wait until the end, I thought it would be better to intersperse it here with some of the CES interviews and the regular Mac Voices content, so everything stays a little bit more current, and we stretch out the CES coverage just a little bit so you have more time to absorb it and research the products that are of interest to you. So you'll see this being done with uh, several of the Mac Voices Live sessions as we go forward because we don't want things to get too far out of date because we do tend to talk about current events on the on the live show and things maybe that aren't necessarily quite so current on the regular shows. So with that, let's let the panel do the talking. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, we're back after a week off for CES. Um, I came home with a lot of great interviews. I also came home with a, cold, with a sinus infection, a cold, and whatever else is going on in there. So if I sound a little bit off, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm probably just a little less off than normal. Um, I'm going to go around the table and see all who's here, but this is, in case you weren't sure, this is Mac Voices Live. It's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are. Um, YouTube.com slash Mac Voices TV is where you can find us tonight and every Tuesday at that uh, appointed hour. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. Um, so we are going to just jump right in, um, go around the table, see who, who's here, and then take it from there. So it would only be appropriate that in the top left of my screen, uh, starting off is Mr. David Ginsburg. David, good to have you. Good to be here. I missed you. I missed everybody last week, and uh, I'm so glad we can uh, find out what you found there at CES. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'll be anxious to hear what everybody else saw from a distance because, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a different experience uh, from a distance versus up close. Speaking of up close, uh, the guy that I was up close with all week because he was uh, or is the Mac Voices videographer, trade show Sherpa, and contributor, Mr. Norbert Frasa. Norbert, great to see you. I think I just saw you, though, what, a couple of days ago. Yeah, I think we spent, what, 15 hours a day for four days straight uh, just running around and getting our feet all tired everywhere. More than just our feet. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> for good times. Uh, Pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. Good to have you. Good to have you. Um, looking like he's being attacked by one of his pet Blue Jays, Mr. Eric Bolden is here. Eric, good to have you. Yeah, I'm dodging hungry Blue Jays with all this cold weather. It's yeah, it's wild out there. So, is I assume that it's presenting some some unique opportunities for photography, um, given that they're a little more dependent on you for food. Yeah, and they're all you know trying to audition for the next Marvel movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Did you take that picture with an iPhone? Ah, uh, no, no, but it was processed on an iPad. <laughs> okay. it's almost the same thing well, it's yeah. just close yeah. 
as long as there's something in the Apple ecosystem that contributed, that's that's all we need. Ben Rathig is here. He's in the Apple ecosystem, and he's contributing tonight. Ben, good to have you. Good to be here, and I'm looking forward to hearing about all those tra- transparent uh, TVs at CES. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Jeff Gamut has arrived, and he's not transparent. Jeff, good to have you. Chuck, it's always a treat to get to hang out with you. I know I say that a lot, but it's only because it's true. Uh, it's, well, it's great to see you back. Well, I appreciate it. Missed you guys last week, but um, it was just, you know, it just is unrealistic to try to do a live show from CES, um, oh, yeah. both, both for schedule and fatigue reasons, both. Guy Cyril is here, but as you may or may not be able to see on your screen, he apparently is having some issues, so we'll come back to him. Um, and that means that Jim Ray uh, is next and last at the moment. Um, Jim, good to have you back as always. I'm glad my video started working. Yours did. Guy's ha- Guy had his up for a little bit, but then it uh, there was an issue, and he said he's having some, uh, some Bluetooth problems of some kind. So, hey, we'll see how it goes. So, um, CES. 2024 is now in the books. And as Norbert said, we spent a lot of hours compressed into four days trying to see everything we could possibly see and talk to a lot of people. Um, We did a bunch of interviews. A couple of them have just started now to drift into the Mac Voices feeds. Uh, We're going to drag them out a little bit. One thing, though, oh, it looks like we lost Guy. Hopefully he'll be back. Um. One thing I want to make sh- make sure we talked a little bit about, though, because uh, talking to some other podcasters, some other journalists that are at the show, everybody sort of has a different take on the way they cover the show. And what Norbert and I try to do is we try to take you with us to the show, let you walk around the show floor and kind of look over our shoulder and see what it's like to walk up to a booth that you may or may not be familiar with and say, hi, tell me about your product. And get that quick elevator pitch. Ask a few questions that you might ask of that particular uh, exhibitor, and then move on. Uh, because there's nothing, frankly, there's nothing more more annoying for us or for the exhibitor to stand there and try to take 20 minutes worth of time, unless they want to give it. And there are some that absolutely they just want to give it. But we try to just you know do a quick hit, let you know what we've seen have the links in the show notes so that you can see it. Um, go to the website and check out more, get any additional information. The other thing that contributes to that, though, is that a lot of this stuff is not released yet. Some of it, a lot of it is not even up on the website yet. So it is, it's, it's an interesting challenge to try to tell you about it and make sure that it's, it's of interest to you so that maybe you'll remember and go back. Norbert, does that sound like a pretty pretty fair assessment of the way we try to do it? I think so. Uh, most importantly, we have a plan. Uh, each day that we get up, we have a place that we want to go and places that we want to hit. Of course, sometimes we just have to stop and in awe at some display that we see or something that seems out of the blue. And um, but overall, we uh, we kind of hit the hit the show floor running each each day, starting at eight o'clock in the morning. And the other thing that we, every show we, I think we evolve. We do things a little bit differently. 
this year we tried to avoid some of the just walking through certain sections and seeing what was interesting. We tried to have our plan even tighter than before. Um, and, and it, it yields, I think, better interviews, better things because we've done our homework. We've gone through the press releases that we get beforehand. We've tried to read as many exhibitor blurbs as we could. Um, that inevitably means that we're not going to hit some things that you might be interested in, and there's going to be a definite bias toward things we're interested in. Hopefully, there's enough overlap there that that works. Yeah, well, there's absolutely no way that you can show everything that's going on themselves on the floor or in the entire event. It overtakes the entire city. Uh, there's events, there's venues everywhere. So just trying to give everyone a good sampling of, of what's available and what find what we find interesting. And hopefully if we find it interesting, you'll find it interesting as well. I think they said that the last I saw the the official numbers or the the unaudited numbers, the audited numbers aren't out yet, but I think the un, the unaudited numbers said 140,000 people and 1,100, 1,200 exhibitors, something like that. Which, about that. Yeah, so, you know, what could you possibly do with that? Is that all? Yeah, is that all? <laughs> Cute, Jim. You're going to come along and carry uh, the bag I, next year. I, I'm kind of serious. I, I would have thought it would have been more exhibitors than that. I, I'm kind of curious, Chuck. Did you find some exhibitors didn't want to take time to talk to you? Um, as a as a past exhibitor myself, and you know that was in the days before there was such a thing as YouTubers. But I, I would have been thrilled at that. I was always very happy when any media came, because I, I would figure, you know, I figured that like during a Macworld most we could possibly talk to was about 300 people. And if we got a multiplier of somebody walks up with a camera and they're going to expose what I say to, you know, they could easily, one person with a camera could be as much as the whole week's worth of show. So gosh, I would think for exhibitors, they would, they would just be very eager to any kind of exposure like that. Norbert, help me out. I don't think anybody refused to talk to us. We do run into that challenge. And it's and, and Jeff, I want you in here because now you <clears> have <throat> talked about this for years, that they you have the booth staffed with people that don't want to be on camera, that are uncomfortable be on camera, that or that haven't been trained to to media train. And so, you know, inevitably, well, you have to wait for that guy over there while he's finishing that interview or that discussion. Yeah, that makes sense because I'm talking as an owner of the business. Um, and I could see an employee of some saying, you know, this is just something that's going to be on tape that could get me fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my experience was uh, the pre-show stuff. Um, Pepcom and uh, uh, CES Unveiled and Showstoppers, those events, they're they're – targeted focused exclusively on the media and everyone that's at the booth is there and prepared to speak to the media and glad that we're all there. And so it's like a a well-oiled machine as much as that level of chaos can be well, a well-oiled machine. When you get to the showroom floor to talk to companies, there's a totally different thing happening and uh, and you as the media, you are not the priority. The priority now becomes the buyers. 
and the uh, the companies will will be very accommodating to the media but like chuck said you may have to wait because uh, because the person or people that are authorized or qualified to speak with you as the media that their time is now stretched way out over the show for the whole week and uh, and w- like well, I said they're happy to accommodate you. The real priority there is not you at that point because you are not a buyer. And Jeff, that's fair. Norbert, do you think did we have anybody at any of the press events say, "Hey, wait a minute, I got to go find," or you have to wait for so and so? No, um, I think everybody pretty much basically spoke with us. Uh, sometimes they were a little apprehensive about being on camera. And once they started talking about their products, it was, you know, they forgot about the camera and gave us a really good interview. Uh, but most of them, most, we didn't have not one person that said no. Everybody was accommodative to us, wanted to talk to us. Who would not want to talk to Chuck Joyner? Come on. <laughs> well, there's one instance, and I'm not going to call it out specifically, but there was a, believe it or not, there was there were a couple government entities there. One in particular that I had targeted that I wanted to talk to. Went over it, asked, told the guy what we wanted, and it's like, no, we can't, we can't do anything on video. It's like, excuse me, you're, you're at CES, you know, there's video everywhere, and you don't have anybody here that's approved to talk to the media on the on the record on camera. That was really shocking. So I'm hoping to get somebody that can and will at some point from that entity because I think they have an interesting story to tell. But you know, that's just the way it is. I think you have an excellent point, Chuck. What are they doing spending money on a trade show? Well, Jim, that's that's sort of it from, from all the exhibitors. And again, you know, I want to be fair that some of these are one company, one person exhibitors. And so there is only one person to talk to. And they might hire, you know, a temp just to be able to make sure there's somebody <clears throat> there to address other things. But at the end of the day, um, it – you know, it it just it feels like it, you have people that want to talk to you about your product. They want to give you coverage, and you don't. Ha- I mean, even if you just gave somebody a script and said, "Look, you know, here I can tell you about the product, but I can't answer any questions," that would at least get you part way there. Chuck, my my, my um, big annoyance, which I'm certain is still a thing. Um, when you walk up to a booth at one of the media events or on the expo floor and you ask for their, their press kit and they say it's on our website, I hate that mm-hmm. because you're at CES. There is no bandwidth anywhere. So when someone would say, oh, yeah, it's on our website, what I heard was, don't bother covering our product because we couldn't be bothered to bring the materials that you need to give us that coverage. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody who has not been in a conference, uh, you're, you're having basically a ton of people in a little bit of space. Uh, that's going to use up every bit of uh, cellular and Wi-Fi connectivity there is. Jeff, that's a really interesting approach because you were covering things for TMO. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Norbert and I have gotten to the point that we try to avoid paper at all costs. Well, I didn't want paper. I, w- I want one of those little USB sticks. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Oh, those are yeah. cool. Yeah. Just, and I mean, yes. Well, uh, in I 2024, know there... what would you do with a USB stick? You're going to be carrying a device that has a USB plug that you can plug it into? Always yeah. do. Be prepared to, to connect to anything hub. when you're at a conference. Have a hub. Yeah, when, and, when I show up at a conference, it, I can plug into a VGA projector if I need to. Yeah. <laughs> but walking around on the floor? Yeah, I, I'll have everything okay. I need. Um, because at some point, I'm going back to the media lounge where I'm going to write, and then I can uh, and then I can take that little USB stick, plug it into my adapter, and uh, plug it into my computer. And you know, to that point, I up it. It costs. It could cost these people a thousand dollars for every person they talk to to be there. Oh, um, are you kidding? That if you start factoring in food and lodging, and well, no, no, I, I mean every attendee, they, every every person that oh, oh. they talk to, not not every staff member. Oh, okay. I'm saying like every time they say hello, that could be a thousand dollars. Because you know they could be spending a quarter of a million dollars and only talk to a, a you know, five hundred people, and and you can only talk to so many people. Um, you know, I mean, you, you look and you say, oh well, there's one hundred forty thousand people there. You you cannot talk to more than a tiny percentage of them. There's just only so many hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and. <clears throat> Well, hey, I want to make sure I introduce Guy Searle because he's back. Yeah. Um, he made it. Guy, good. Glad you glad Hi. you got your uh, connectivity fixed. Oh my God, everything just went kaflooey all at the same time. Audio, video, everything just like nope, not working. You're mm. screwed. It, it knew you were coming on the show, and so therefore it said nope, <sighs> not tonight. Yep, upgraded Zoom, restarted the computer, went to continuity camera instead of my Sony. Uh, still have the same microphone though. So, you know, <laughs> thumb That's consistency. Good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, so we sort of got, got off on that tangent, but I, you know, I think it's important because inevitably somebody's going to say, Ben, um, <laughs> you know, why did you cover X, Y, and Z and you never got to the transparent TVs? And it's like, you know what? The reason that we, don't go for some of the big things is first of all, they're not on the market. Second, everybody sees them. And third, they're not likely to be something that you're going to be interested in on any kind of immediate basis. You know, they're cool to look at. There's a, there's a lot of eye candy, tech eye candy, let me be clear. Um, but you know, there's also just some things that are just so far outside of our price ranges. Like we just, we never cover any of the auto stuff because the auto stuff is crazy. So it's interesting, and you could kill a lot of time with it, but it's crazy. Hey, Webb Bixby even showed up. Webb, good to have you. Mom said I could come out and play. <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm so glad you thawed out from the, the game Saturday night. Yeah, you thawed from the, the cold I, red, I, the cold I, roof game. I, I, I watched that from the comfort of my couch in front of the fireplace. I was fine. Don't worry about me. The discretion is the better part of valor. There you that's go. That's it. So. There you go. Oh, that's good. Well, we are just starting to get into some of some of what we saw, and you know, want to want to know 
I'm anxious to hear what Norbert took away from it because I'm still a little fuzzy. I mean, what we do is, as he said, is we go back to back to back to back. And so there are things that jump at you, a few things that jump out at you, but at least for me going back and redoing the interviews, it's like, yeah, that that's pretty cool. I, I really like that. So Norbert, I want to turn it over to you. What, where were, what were some of the high points for you? Some of the, like you said, it, you come back from the, from the event and everything is kind of a blur to, you know, you was that day one, day three, who knows what day it was. So I kind of took some time and jotted some notes down of what it is that I took from the event. And one of the things that I first noticed that this was probably the first time post COVID that I saw the show floor go back to, to the way that it used to be before. Um, I know we were there last year but I think people were still a little bit uh, more cautious on attending the event. But I think this year we, we saw the numbers kind of perk up again. Uh, the traffic was back to normal pre-COVID levels. Uh, the amount of uh, exhibitors and so forth was kind of back to normal. Um, some of the the trends that I note, noted um, was a lot of Chi2. Uh, there was a lot of talk about Chi2 and our products have Chi2, Chi2, Chi2. Um, a lot of products had, um, you know, they 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 kind of skirted around uh, the big press uh, release that happened that Monday, right on the on the on the first day of CES, that Apple decided <laughs> to uh, put the press release for their uh, Apple Vision Pro or Apple Vision, whatever they're calling it these days. Vision Pro. So everybody was talking about it, and um, you know, but not really talking about it. Uh, I saw a lot of Technology that had hand gestures involved, uh, movements, uh, things of that nature, headsets, types of that nature. Uh, so it's an up and coming uh, thing. And uh, just the amount, what, what's most impressive is the amount of brain capital that was there. Uh, brain capital meaning that um, how different people are using technology differently to solve problems. That someone sees a problem and they figure out a way to use technology to to solve it. Um, you know, how can you use your iPhone to help you with the mosquito bite? Well, if you go to the website today, there's an uh, an interview with a company that just does exactly that. Uh, so that stuff is is just amazing to me that you you see all these products and yes, it's all like Chuck said, all eye candy, tech eye candy for all of us. But at the same time, they're trying to solve a problem. They're trying to figure out something that they found uh, as an issue to them and try to figure out how to use uh, ones and zeros to get to get a, a resolution to that. So those are my big three uh, takeaways. The, the, the Qi2 is a, is a really good observation. Of course, AI. Because I ask, AI had been quite dominant to, uh, at the show of our discussion. Yeah, I mean, AI seems to be that they want to put it in everything, whether it fits in everything, whether it's actually truly doing anything, but they're certainly touting it as AI enhanced, AI enabled, AI powered, AI, you know, whatever. Um, so that that was as expected. Um, but, you know, how much of it is really making that much of a difference? We won't know until we actually get our hands on some of these products. How about from the outside? What, what what were you guys seeing? Did you see any trends as you were seeing C different CES coverages? Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of the the different things that uh, that came out stood out. Uh, 
but I'm sure drones were still a pretty dominant thing. I saw, I was just seeing a couple things as specifically mm-hmm. that DJI, uh, very expensive drone that I noticed in the, on the, on the press releases. Um, and that uh, robot, the robot, the lawnmower that, that mows. <laughs> so we, I would tend to think you saw some of those kind of trends. And then, of course, the the the, the technology that I would look at a lot closer was the you know with the, with iPhone. Uh, that Belkin auto tracking stand was uh, very very interesting to me. Uh, I thought that was something I'm sure you were seeing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, that kind of trends. And I and I had to know if you actually actually had to had the, op, the opportunity to see that new Clicks case for the BlackBerry type yeah. of case with the keyboard because that was all over the press. Uh, during last week, so I'm I'd be curious to know if you guys got to see it. We did get to see it. There's definitely a lot of buzz around that little uh, present uh, presenters. There's a, a line to, to talk to them. Um, it makes no it, sense. It seems interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a product for me, um, but it is, no. you know, interesting. Um, no. Yeah, there there is an interview with someone from Clex coming. Um, the you know as one of the quick note on how we do this. We've never found a, a a a way to to prioritize things. So what we do is we edit and release them in pretty much the order we shoot them. So that means that some of the best stuff is coming at the end. It means some of the best stuff is up front. You know, it's it's all over the place. But you know, that way nobody's slipping us a twenty and saying, "Hey, get mine first. We don't play that game. So you know, you'd make a lot more money if you did. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, true, Jeff, but you know, then then you got to actually deliver it, and so that's why you know you won't see clicks pop up tomorrow because it's just out of sync with us. Um, well, you but, also have integrity and uh, and the trust of your audience. So, not taking the the twenty to boost someone higher on the list, right. it's that's a smart move. Well, in, in mm-hmm. fact, this year we made a point. We had a we had a card that we distributed, telling us telling the the exhibitors a little bit about us, and answering the questions they always ask: Where can I see this? When can I see it? How soon can I see it? Um, right. that, that's that's always you know because that's really smart. That little card was a big hit. It was a huge. It was like everybody was amazed by it. Yeah, and you know, and it, and it's fascinating to me because everybody's talking about CES, and so there's this big flood right now. But in a few weeks, a few heck, it's, it's already starting to, to die down. You know, all that all that publicity that was overwhelming everyone, so you couldn't keep up. You know, you'll see a steady stream of stuff come out from us, and hopefully, it'll give you a chance to take a little more measured look at, at what we saw and what's there. Our Mac Voices Live CES wrap-up discussion continues in a future edition of Mac Voices. You'll get to hear the rest of the panel's commentary and their thoughts about CES and what we saw there and what you will be seeing as the interviews come out. I'm Chuck Joyner. As always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page. And get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. 
bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.